0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, September 13, 2012. Today we are reading from the Big Book, page 25, the paragraph that begins, There is a solution. The reference number for yesterday, which was Wednesday, September 12th, is 3003. That's 3003. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. All purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I would now like to ask Adini if she would read the 12 steps.
1: Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive eater. Thank you, God. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I thank you and I pass.
0: Thank you, Rithini. And now, Margaret H., would you please read the traditions for
2: us? Thank you. Hi, my name is Margaret H., and I'm a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to read these 12 traditions, Pat. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you very much. How our meeting works.
0: In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 25, There is a Solution. And we're going to begin with that paragraph, Beginning, There is a Solution. If you would start us out, please, Esther.
3: Thank you, Janice. Good morning. My name is Esther, and I am a compulsive overeater. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation, but we saw that it really worked in others. And we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence, of which we had not even dreamed. So, you know, the five pages previous to this paragraph was describing to us the hopelessness and futility of a of a life of compulsive overeating. And and although I, uh, we don't see ourselves in every example, certainly in in many of them. And here, you know, here we are. They're telling us that there is going to there is a solution to to this problem that we have. With compulsive overeating, and and you know, in a in a nutshell, they tell us um, in that sentence what we what we're going to be doing. That self searching self searching, leveling of our pride, confession of shortcomings, um, is what we're going to need to be doing. Now, most of us, I know for myself, I hadn't planned to do this with my life, um, but when I saw where I was where I was at with my compulsive overeating, I realized that I don't have a choice. I better do this if I want to continue to live. And I'm grateful that I found someone in whom the problem had been solved, meaning um, not someone who was just uh, abstinent, but someone who no longer you know, had the mental obsession. And all I did was follow along what they told me to do. Uh, we often say in program that it's simple but not easy. The simple kit of spiritual tools that are laid at our feet all I had to do was follow along, and this last sentence where it says we have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension. S- certainly, when I um, picked up the spiritual uh, kit of spiritual tools, I did it only to save my life, hoping that I would at least be able to stand on my feet. I never imagined that I was going to be moved into um, a, a new state, like the often um, the phrase that's often used in. Um, The Rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, Beyond Our Wildest Dreams. I never imagined what was possible for me when I was living on a spiritual basis. This is much, much more than I thought I was going to have. I thought I was going to lose weight, that I was going to feel better, that I was going to get along better with other people. I never imagined what was waiting for me when I um, followed the program of recovery. Thank you. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Esther. Thank you very much. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Press star one to unmute. This is Kim. Go ahead, Ms. Kim. Good morning. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I,
4: mean, I can't read
0: this section without tearing up. You know, there there is a solution. You know, I, I thought, well, yeah, this is true for alcoholics. All alcoholics have to do is not drink. You know, I'm a compulsive overeater. I have to eat. But the fact is, alcoholics drink. They just don't drink alcohol. I eat, I do not eat my binge foods. You know, I do not ever, ever have to eat my binge foods ever again. And the wonderful promise of this program is, I no longer want to eat those foods anymore. You know, it says you're approached by those in whom the problem has been solved. I am here to testify that the problem has been solved in me. You know, for years I thought that, you know, the best that I could do was have some some periods of abstinence and then I would go back to the food and then I would have a period of abstinence and I would go back to the food. And I thought that was the solution. I thought that was the best that I could hope for. And unfortunately that was what I was seeing in a lot of my L.A. rooms was there were people who would get a certain amount of time and they would relapse, a certain amount of time and they would relapse. But when I was truly approached of them where the problem had been solved that the problem had been removed, that it no longer exists, I began to believe that could be true for me. And that is true for me today, not because of abstinence. absence is what gave me the clarity of mind to go into this book, to apply these steps and have that spiritual experience sufficient to bring about recovery so that today I recoiled it from a hot flame. You know, I am in a place of neutrality. I am safe and protected. And with that, I can't help but have tears come to my eye because let me tell you, every single person on this line, that there is a solution for every single one of us if we are willing to go through this book. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Victoria. Go ahead, Victoria it's very interesting that the big book gives us a cue this early that the solution is going to involve self-searching things that none of us like self-searching the leveling of my pride the confession of my shortcomings that the solution requires in order to be successful And these were things that were not in my repertoire. I did not go through life looking at myself. In the heart of disease, when I was seeing problems, when there was distress, I was looking out there at you, at conditions outside myself. The book is letting me know this is going to be a different way of life When I start turning the looking glass back around on me and away from everyone and everything I blamed for my pitiful condition, and they're letting me know pretty early something new is ahead, and while I still don't like the self-searching and the leveling of my pride, it has become much easier because through my experience, a lived experience, which the big book, over and over, tells us this is how we discover what works. This is how we discover how good it gets through our own experience. I've learned that this ego reduction, this self-searching, this flattening of my pride always equals pain relief more ego reduction equals more pain relief that has been my experience, and that has been the roadway to that fourth dimension where which allows me to live a life I couldn't have even dreamed up to ask for with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Victoria. This is Janice, and I'd like to share something on this paragraph. you know. I- The lowest ebb is the turn of the tide. The lowest ebb is the turn of the tide. And that's what was true for me. You know, two things they told me in this paragraph. But we saw that it had really worked in others and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. You know, I don't know about you, but what I can tell you is I was faced with the hopelessness and the futility of life as I had been living it. As I had been living it. You know, face down in the food over and over and over again. You know, I was taught you can be abstinent but not be in recovery. But you cannot be in recovery and not be abstinent. And I would try. I would try with all my desire all my wish, all my self-will to be abstinent and to stay abstinent, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And over and over and over again, the hopelessness of that kept hitting me over the head. But, you know, I had to be approached by someone in whom the problem had been solved. Someone that I could see stood before me, shining with a kind of spiritual life and living a kind of spiritual life that I before this had never seen in someone. I hadn't seen someone be recovered like that. And when I saw that, when I was approached by someone in whom the problem had been solved, then and only then, believing in the hopelessness and futility of the way I was trying to do things, was I ready to pick up that simple kit of spiritual tools that was laid at my feet. And then, With that kind of willingness and that kind of desire, then I could be able to take those actions that we were just talking about, the leveling of my pride, the self-searching, because I thought that it was going to get me somewhere if I was anything like this person who had also recovered. You know, what a beautiful thing this paragraph is to start us out with... Here is what it's going to take. You know, it's wonderfully described. But that lowest ebb was the turn of the tide. I had to get to that place in order to be willing and to be ready. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Christy. I heard someone right before Christy.
1: It's Yedini.
0: Yedini and then Christy. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Janice. Uh, Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Very, very grateful. A simple solution. And what is that? And that is God. We see this solution, we see this miracle before our own eyes, in our own fellows here on this very line. I took the steps towards heaven, and that is how I was able to change from being self-centered to God-centered. I am my own testimony from compulsive overeating to now just eating, from insanity to sanity, from darkness to light, from chaos to peace within, overfilled with joy. How beautiful is that? I am so grateful. I thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Adini. Christy. Thanks, Janice.
5: Good morning, everyone. This is Christy, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And I just love that in italics, that first sentence in that paragraph says, there is a solution. And for someone like me, you know, did I want to um, level my pride or confess my shortcomings? Um, of course I didn't. You know, no self searching for me. You know, I wanted to sit on the sofa and um, eat, um, a, you know, a giant bowl of something while watching TV and hope that my life would somehow change. That was what I really wanted. I wanted to eat with complete abandon and. Um, expect different results. Um, I didn't want to, you know, I not want to have to lift a finger. I didn't want to have to lift a finger. And what the big book has done for me so far is outline certainly what my problem is and it's offering me a solution. It's offering me a solution. You know, I had no problem, as it says here, um, you know, believing, I had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life the hopelessness and futility of life. I believed that with all my heart and soul. I believed with all my heart and soul that I was going to die from this disease. I had no problem believing that. Well, how about believing in something different than that? How about believing that there is a solution? How about believing people when they told you that it was possible, that it was possible to not find it necessary to pick up no matter what? How about believing in that? And I did. Eventually, when my disease had beaten me, had beaten me into a state of teachability. You know, Christy, crack open that mind just a teeny little bit and let this in. Let this in. And that has happened for me. You know, and I mean, every day, every day I have experiences. You know, they had a celebration at work yesterday and bought a, you know, a $130 sheet cake to celebrate. And people have been talking about this in staff meetings for, you know, a month. This cake, it's fabulous. You've got to get this certain kind. You know, people were really excited about it. And I had no desire, no desire, no desire to pick up a piece of that cake. You know, when people offered me a piece, I said, no, thank you. No, thank you. I know who and what I am today. I know who and what I am today and um grateful that you know i can recoil as someone else said from that as from a hot flame i you know it didn't i didn't salivate when people talk about it i didn't you know get in there and say describe what it's like you know tell me every detail i i could care less i could care less i have no desire how is that possible because by cracking open this big book by cracking open this big book and picking up that spiritual kit of tools that was laid out for me, I have been able to grow away from the food without having a desire to pick up. And for someone that truly believed in hopelessness and the futility of life I never thought it would be possible to recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And, you know, if it can happen for someone like me, for someone like me who had no, you know, no hope of ever being different, knowing that my life was going to end, you know, being ravaged by this disease, I'm here to tell you that I have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence that's beyond my wildest dreams. And for that, I am so grateful, and uh, with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Christy. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Good morning, it's Leah. Good morning, Miss Leah. Go ahead.
6: Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah. I'm a... Covered compulsive overeater, there is a solution. Yes, the big book is really trumpeting the great news uh, that I didn't have to live that way anymore. This is a message of salvation. This is a message of hope. This is a message that there's a way out. You know, so the big book takes me from uh, hopelessness to hope. It says there is a solution. Almost none of us liked the self-searching, the leveling of our pride the confession of shortcomings which the process requires for its successful consummation. Uh, Yeah, for years, you know, I had been staring at a food plan. A food plan doesn't deal with my pride, doesn't deal with my shortcomings. You know, this process was going to be a process of leveling my self-will run riot. It's not just the cellophane bags and the bakery boxes in my life that was responsible for my undoing. My undoing uh, was uh, self-centeredness, selfishness, self-seeking. So more than my compulsive overeating had to be arrested. My philosophy of life had to be arrested. My ideas, my beliefs, the way I looked at the world, the way I interacted with people, my attitudes in life, that had to be confronted and overhauled. (laughs) That absolutely had to be confronted and overhauled because all action is born in thought. If my thinking is twisted and distorted, well, then my, re- my actions in life, my behavior in life is going to reflect that. And it certainly did, because the madness was so severe. My soul was getting sucked right out of me. You know, it says here, but we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. Yes. I mean, I had been a compulsive overeater since I was a uh, tot. You know, and I didn't know what I was up against, and I certainly did not understand the depths to which this disease would take me, that it would drag me by the nose. I came here destroyed. I came here shattered. I came here as a broken woman, absolutely 100% broken. You know, but through that suffering, through enough pain and through enough degradation that broke me down, that worst point in my life, was yet the beginning of a new life. That, that journey as a compulsive overeater took me to suffering, indeed it did. It took me almost to dying. You know, But uh, in, that, in that suffering and pain and degradation came a surrender. And I engaged in this process of these steps, and having had a spiritual awakening, and having been restored to sanity and soundness of mind, and relieved of the obsession, I was freed from the beast. I no longer uh, have a life of mayhem. You know, after years and years of mayhem, I now walk this planet free. (laughs) Is that a solution of personal success? Absolutely not. Is it about personal recognition? No way. This is about God. This is about a power greater than myself delivering me from another power greater than myself. And that was the
0: obsession of the mind. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Thank you very much. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? This is Sharon. Go ahead, Ms. Sharon. Hi, Janice, and uh, good morning to everyone here on The Coffee Shop. I'd like to just briefly uh, uh, talk about the fourth dimension. what is what is this theory fourth dimension? And um, it sounds like a wonderful place to go to, a, a wonderful place to be, a joyful uh, place. And I would also contend that it's a place of neutrality. It's a place where we are not acting, and uh, we're not reacting to life any longer. Uh, it's a place where our mind and our heart are settled. We're not full of anxiety and stresses of life. We're not looking all around trying to uh, trying to just struggle with life. we are are settled. We have a peace and a serenity. We're able to uh we're not in perfection we're not perfect. This isn't about being perfect this uh the fourth dimension is not a place where uh where everything is is uh uh it's it's heaven like but it's not heaven we're still living on earth we're still contending with the issues of life but it's life as it really is. But it's also a life beyond ego. It's a life beyond the confinement of our small self. Of our, It's a life that is open to fullness. It's a life that's open to getting to know other people. It's a life free of isolation and despair. It's a life where we begin to... Uh, understand, where we begin to accept. Um, I think, when I think of the fourth dimension, I think of page 99 of the 12 and 12, the prayer of of Francis of Assisi. And um, where, and and they tell stories of of Francis of Assisi where the, the butterflies and the birds would rest on his shoulders. He was so peaceful. And that's where we can go but life still rages around us but um the other thing i i think of the fourth dimension and i'm not describing it fully and others may be able to explain it uh in a way much better way than i but that's just this is what i what i have experienced and what i how i see the fourth dimension is it's a place where i can grow where i uh can begin to be Completely myself, not smothered with food and addiction, uh free of that, free of the fear, the oppressing fear that I had when I was in the food it's a place where I can breathe freely and uh walk in uh my my who I am without constantly running and hiding without uh uh i you know, going back to try to please people. The fourth dimension is a place of safety. And again, I say it's a place of neutrality where I can uh, be, the world can be what it is around me and I'm not constantly jumping on it, trying to make it what I think it should be. I'm able to accept it as it is, live in it as it is, and uh, enjoy it experience joy and peace and contentment. And that, for me, is the fourth dimension,
3: and with that I pass. Hi, this is Melanie, and
1: would there be anyone else who would like to share on what was just read?
7: Good morning. This is Eddie in Virginia. Hi, Eddie. Welcome. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, all all on the line. Thank you for being here. Makes my morning. Um, I would just, uh, just this paragraph, this whole paragraph, I could just, you know, just read this over and over and over again and never be um, fully through with it it just has so much to offer for me and of course there is a solution that's got a little black border around it and it's it's highlighted and it's got exclamation points in front of it because god only knows i searched 58 years for that and um you know finally found it here so i am ever grateful for that but just to you know comment on the fourth dimension as sharon was before me um i I keep thinking about that movie that was out a few years ago was called as good as it gets and um and I think to myself that um, for me, for me today, this is as good as it gets. This is better than, it, than, than I ever thought it would be uh, just because, you know, this is the way I live today. And this program has done for my life what years of searching and diet plans could not have, could never, have, had never done for my life at all. And does that mean that I live without problems? Well, no. I, mean, I have problems just like everybody else does. You know, I have three people in my life today that are very close to me that mean the world to me that are struggling in one way or another with different physical and emotional aspects of their life. And years ago, before this program, I would have, you know, been into the food. And I don't pick up the food today. Today I pick up my, my toolkit. I pick up prayer. I pick up the phone. I pick up meditation. Um, you know, I pick up those things that I know actually have a chance of helping not only myself, but the people in my life that are suffering. So, you know, the, 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 the temptation, the, the call of the food, that's not been a problem for me for a long time, thank God, for this program. Uh, but also now this, this peacefulness, um, this acceptance uh, that I am able to muster in my life uh, when I work my program on a daily basis, this is what makes it as good as it gets here because without them I would just be that crazy person, again, running around like Chicken Little, the sky is falling, um, shouting and screaming. Um, into the food, and accomplishing absolutely nothing. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Well, then we will move ahead. Would Penny C., would you
3: please read the next paragraph for us, please?
4: Good morning, family. This is Penny C., Recovered Compulsive overeater. The great fact is this, and nothing less, that we have had a deep and effective spiritual experience, which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for which we could never do by ourselves. This, you know, people talk about their favorite paragraph, and uh, this has to be um, among the top, the top three for me. The whole idea that God can do for me what I could never do for myself. Is just just um, amazing to me because it's worked its way into my life so many times. But the fact that we have had a deep and effectual spiritual experience, you know, through the years, people have asked me, "When did you know you had these spiritual experience? How did you know?" And and I've never really could tell them. I couldn't put you know a date or a time on it. What I do know is. And it tells us by this asterisk that there's an appendix that talks about the um, more about the spiritual experience. And one of the sentences there says, Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. For me, that's just how it happened. I don't remember. any any light shining or, or being, you know, f- feel as if I'd been struck with uh, spirituality. It was of a gradual nature, um, an educational nature, uh, if you will. And and how I knew is when my own sister said to me, "You're so different." And I don't mean that you've lost weight, but something is so different about you after she hadn't seen me for. Um, a few months. And it was at Christmas time that she told me that. And, and I, I wasn't sure what was different. But then when I came to um, the AA 12 and 12 and got to step 11 and what we call the step 11 prayer, and so uh, for me, I always called it the prayer of St. Francis till I came to 12 step programs that, you know, where there is discord, I bring harmony. You know, all of those, where there is wrong, I bring forgiveness, that I'm capable of all of those differences in my personality, that that's the proof to me and to others that I've had a deep spiritual experience. It didn't have to be sudden or, or, or revolutionary at the time, but it certainly was enough to to bring about recovery. And for that I'm so grateful and thank you for listening. I pass.
0: Thank you, Penny. Um Katie, would you please read the spiritual experience for us? In the back of uh of the big book? Oh, okay. It's at the appendix? Yes. At the very back? Okay. Spiritual experience. I'm Katie, a compulsive overeater. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God-consciousness followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the differences long before he is himself he finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer. I'll pass. Thank you, thank you so much, Katie. Would anyone like to comment on either that paragraph or the spiritual experience in the appendix? We'll talk about them both together.
8: Good morning, Janice. This is Linda from Connecticut and I am a compulsive overeater. Good morning, Linda. Go ahead. Wow, that's a lot of wonderful reading there. I think uh I know it's so special to me because uh that quote where contempt uh prior to investigation, that gave me an open door because I was an atheist. I didn't want to be, but I simply could not find God. I just couldn't. And I had training in my childhood and whatnot. I've tried I had tried. And it was this, the big book, The Steps and All of You, that made it possible. And, of course, that gift of desperation. And that's such a uh, a cliché. You almost think, oh, gee, is that real? Oh, my gosh. I came in and, and uh, it's what Leah has said in the past. It, it was the raising of the dead. I was uh, just, I had no hope except for this. And, my God, literally... It it really opened up through the steps, and as far as a uh, spiritual dimension, the the dimension that we had not even known about, that's totally true. And I did get it through. Um, I used to wonder what that meant. We'll intuitively know what the heck is that, you know? And um, it happened, and it happened uh, the educational variety. Slowly, I noticed coincidences. That's what I was, it was suggested to me that I look at first. Coincidences. You pray and what happens? At first, I felt foolish because I'm talking to the air, I thought. Oh, no, 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 no. And it was deep inside. And the thing about a spiritual experience is that with continuing step work, the experience broadens. It's bigger and bigger, and it does end up in peace despite problems and love. And loving myself, which I never thought was possible, and I'm certainly being taught that. Thank you. I
1: pass.
0: Thank you, Linda. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph and the spiritual experience?
1: It's Edini.
0: Go ahead, Edini.
1: Thank you, Janice. <clears throat> Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Irini, and I am a very grateful, compulsive overeater. Spiritual awakening. Um, it, its We were awakened from from a deep sleep, awakened. I was sleeping this whole time. From being <clears throat> in darkness, you know, we now are able to see the light, um that will guide us, you know, to live a happy, joyous and free life. It is living more in God's world than <clears throat> living in my own world. You know, we've we've been blocked with vanity, with society's corruption and um with um materialistic things, the status, work, worries, whatever. Um and <clears throat> it's like waking up in the morning. Um you wake up from a sleep We've been awakened spiritually, and now we're becoming active spiritually. And and this all comes from the power of God um, that can transform us all, a power that can heal and rebuild, you know, a power that can restore. You know, I was empty inside, and now I am not only filled, but I'm overfilled with joy and unconditional love that comes from God. Um, I was set in my own ways, and I didn't know how to get out of my own way. I was stuck. I was restless, irritable, and discontent. And I was, and, you know, how I was living my life, now i know a better way and um and now i finally know what my purpose is in life and what my destiny is and why i'm here today and it's through the power of god to become the best that i can be to set an example for others so they in turn can be the best and they can be in the word of god and by this transformation you know i am um, making a difference for myself for god and for others and um, how beautiful is that. And I am responsible to carry this out. This is my duty, my pleasure. And um you know, our daily lives mirror who we are inside. And I continue to crave to grow spiritually. And um I thank you and I pass.
0: Thank you, Edini. There was someone else?
1: This is Paula
0: sure Go ahead, Miss Paula. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the great facts, and that's it. Nothing but the facts here is just this and nothing less. That we've had a deep, and I'm repeating these words, I'm repeating these words, deep and effective spiritual experience, the depth, the depth of it, which have revolutionized, may I go to Mr. Webster yet again, to make a complete, that's it, A complete and basic change. How in a whole attitude toward life. How I see. We talk about a different dimension. It changes how in what you see. How I touch. How do I touch today? In word, in deed, and physically. How do I touch another person? How do I hear? Do I hear with death today that I hear beyond, do I hear beyond the sometimes the yelling into the hurt and the pain? Do I taste differently? And then it says here, toward our fellows, what does it say in the big book? I have learned here what the meaning of the word is, love thy neighbor as thyself. And toward God's universe, this part, the central fact, there it is. I moved over. I went in my rightful place and I put God in his. Of our lives today, wow. My life. In the absolute certainty, no doubt anymore. Not even a shadow of doubt. You know what that is, don't you? You know when you say, oh, I don't doubt. But way down there, this inch, can God do this for me? Not even a shadow of doubt. There is absolute certainty that our creator has entered into our hearts. Is that not what the spiritual experience just said? It was inside you already. It was there, but now we've tuned into it and lived in a way which is indeed miraculous, nothing but. Nothing but. He has commenced their beginning to accomplish those things for us, which we could never. I tried. I tried. In the big book, Heaven Knows, do by ourselves. Did I repeat the words? Yes. They bear repeating. Thank you for allowing me to share and with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph and the spiritual experience?
9: This is Carolyn.
0: Go ahead, Carolyn.
9: Hi, I'm Carolyn. I'm a heavy-compulsive overrita. This is um, very much an eye-opener for me. I had an encounter with my son who was feeling like I was being selfish because I told him I needed to take care of myself right now. And a few weeks later, he came to me and said, you know, I'm really sorry. I saw how selfish I was being on my part. The change in you is unbelievable, and I'm so glad that you're doing this for yourself. Please keep doing it because it's making you an even better person than you were before, and I always thought you were an awesome person. That, to me, was my aha moment that showed me that I was just having a God-given experience and that spirituality was coming into me because I was able to step away and Ask God to please help me to have the right words for him, because no matter what I said, there just was no there was just no telling him what was going on with with me, and I just asked God to please help me figure out how to do this for him and I didn't have to figure anything out. God took care of it for me. that was a beautiful experience for me. I just had so much gratitude inside me today because since i've gotten gone through the steps and I'm almost completely done with my nice stuff, which I never in my life would have thought that I would have the courage to pick up and do what I'm doing. It's not me doing it. It's my higher power. It's my God. It's my creator. He's telling me what to say to people. He's showing me who I need to say it to, and it's been just an awesome experience. And being new in my recovery, I just keep saying, okay, God, when the next one comes up, help me to say what I need to say. And he'll say to me, pick up the phone and call this person or call that person. And I get what I need. I absolutely get what I need because they've all been there. They've all been through the process and they all know exactly how to tell me to sit back and listen to what God is telling me. That's so awesome. I could never do that before. I was just too full of myself. And it's just a beautiful process to be able to talk to other people in programs and have God work through them as well. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Carolyn. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph, the spiritual experience? This is Leah. Go
6: ahead, Ms. Leah. Thank you so much. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. Uh, You know, I remember when I cracked this book open that it was penned from the collective voice, the experience and the wisdom of those that blazed this trail for for me. (laughs) They got to this place of spiritual experience. You know, our whole journey through the steps, uh, takes us to step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So the big book is designed to bring about an experience. It worked for those who had recovered these hundred men and women. It worked for me, <laughs> and it's worked for uh, millions you know, of people throughout throughout the decades. The whole point of joining OA and the whole point of moving all the way through the steps is contained in these two words, spiritual experience. A spiritual experience, a psychic change, a personality change, they all mean the same thing. It's sufficient. That experience is sufficient to bring about recovery, to expel the obsession of the mind. What is a personality change? A personality change is... Well, my personality was made up of the way I think, and it's made up the way I feel, my attitude and my outlook towards life, and that was transformed. It was revolutionized through this program of recovery, through these very steps that we read and study every day. You know, I came here restless, irritable, and discontent. I came here filled with fear and filled with guilt, Filled with remorse, I came here very selfish, very self-centered, very frightened. And because of those conditions in my mind, that always led me back to compulsive overeating. Now, I changed from that to something entirely different. I had a personality change, a spiritual experience that was sufficient to bring about recovery. That was sufficient to expel, to drive out that obsession of the mind. Was that personality change due to my own uh, success and achievement? No. To change from what I had become to that which God intended me to be. that's, That's the miracle of it all. That's the central fact of my life today. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone
0: else like to comment on this paragraph and the spiritual experience? Well, this is Janice, and I'd like to comment briefly on this. You know, I love that idea that we become awake and aware. We become awake and aware. And it's not an easy journey, they tell us. You know, and almost none of us liked it, liked it. But the end result was going to be that personality change. And I was sorely in need of a personality overhaul. I did not know it. I did not know it. But I came in selfish and self-centered, yes, indeed, totally focused on me. And if if I had not gotten a chance to grow away from that, you know, I would never have recovered. So I needed to learn how to grow away from the food, not run away from the food anymore, but grow away from the food. And that was going to happen with this spiritual experience. You know, and it says it's manifested itself among us in many different ways. You know, we're all different people. We all look different. We live in different parts of the country, different parts of the world. We have different jobs. We have different family relationships. But what do we have in common? Well, I found out what I had in common with you was that need for a spiritual awakening. That need for an overhaul of my personality. So that. My thinking, which had always made me suffer, would be totally overhauled, filled with new ideas and new beliefs and new attitudes, and thus new ways of behaving. New ways of behaving. And slowly that grew in me, and this is telling me that it can grow in all of us and result in the same thing, that personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from compulsive overeating. You know, what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing that is. And with that, I'm going to pass. And I think it's time to close now. So we're going to read A Vision for You, and I'll ask Deb W. to read that for us.
9: Good morning, A Vision for You. Good morning, Janice. My name is Deb. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm grateful to be here this morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. It's your